Welcome to the King's Chapel, Alaska podcast. From wherever you are listening, we are so excited that you tuned in today. Let's prepare our hearts to hear from God's Word. This will be the final message in a series called Fulfilled. Next weekend, Joshua 14, go there, would you please? Next weekend will be our dear brother Ivan Tate. If you're not familiar with Ivan Tate's ministry, you will be familiar with it after you've been in his services. He is like no other guest we have. He's very unique. He's got a gift of hilarity, which is another word for he's really funny. And he has an incredible gift from the Lord uh, to minister to God's people in ways that are, well, there's just not, I've just not seen in many guests like him. And I'll tell you why I think that is. So there's a unique touch of heaven upon him, but uh, as notes are being passed out, Joshua 14, we're going to read and then we'll be seated. I believe it's because he ministers to orphans. He has a uh, large ministry to orphans. In fact, uh, the Haggertys, part of my staff, have been there, been down to that orphanage in Guatemala, I believe it is. And they, they bring people, I mean, I mean, the broken, broken out of jungles. They can't even speak. We're talking so traumatized. And the, the testimonies are beyond anything you could imagine. How they, they come in and they get raised at this compound. They, they basically get adopted. And he then puts them through universities. We have doctors, architects, lawyers coming out of this orphanage and impacting everywhere they go. And... Um, it's not often that we have an opportunity to, to practice true religion to widows and orphans, and that's one of the reasons I think it's so special. Do not miss. You will be with us Sunday morning and Sunday night. Mon- on Monday is the increased banquet with Dr. Morocco. If you've not gotten tickets, you want to be a part of that, they're limited because we have a limited space. Good news is we're moving into a new building, which will give us more space, but I'm confident that we will fill that up as God gives us 10% of the population. And, yeah, 10% is going to give us a tithe of the population. I said it in the first service. I'll say it again. And uh, so you want to be a part of that if you can. And then Tuesday night, he'll be in Eagle River. And then Wednesday night, he'll be back here. So you don't want to miss that. Joshua 14. Find verse 16. We're going to read from the New King James Version. Joshua 14, verse 6, pardon me. Just making sure you're all paying attention. (laughs) Then the children of Judah came to Joshua at Gilgal, and Caleb, the son of Jephthah the Kenzanite, said to him, quote, You know the word, the what? The word which the Lord said to Moses, the man of God concerning you and me in Kadesh Barnea, verse 7. I was 40 years old when Moses, the servant of the Lord, sent me from Kadesh Barnea to spy out the land, and I brought back word to him as it was in my heart. Nevertheless, my brethren who went up with me made the heart of the people melt, but I wholly or wholeheartedly followed the Lord my God. So Moses swore on that day, saying, Surely the land where your foot has trodden shall be your inheritance and your children's forever, because you have wholly or wholeheartedly followed the Lord my God. Verse 
10. And now behold, the Lord has kept me alive. As he said, these 45 years. Ever since the Lord spoke this word to Moses while Israel wandered in the wilderness. And now here I am this day, 85 years old. As yet I am strong this day as on the day Moses sent me. Just as my strength was then, so now is my strength for war. Both for going out and coming in. Now therefore give me this mountain. I want you to say that. Now therefore give me this mountain. Of which the Lord spoke to me in that day. For you heard in that day how the Anakim were there and that the cities were great and fortified. It may be that the Lord will be with me and I shall be able to deliver, pardon me, I shall be able to drive them out as the Lord has said. Verse 13, and Joshua blessed him and gave, him Heb, gave Hebron to Caleb, the son of Jephthah, as an inheritance. And Hebron therefore became an inheritance to Caleb, the son of Jephthah, the Kenzanite, to this day, because he wholly followed the Lord God of Israel Verse 15, the name of Hebron formerly was Karyat Arabah. Arabah was the greatest among the Anakin, and the land rested from war. Father, move in power, in Jesus' name, amen. You may be seated. We hand notes out so that you will fill those in and fill those in and preach it to somebody else or help you remember what is said. Amazing passage of scripture. I've preached from it many times. The final verse, I never noticed. There's, you know, the, the word of God is ever, ever unfolding and powerful. Heaven and earth will pass away, but his word will remain, will endure forever. And even though I've studied this text countless times, I mean, it has to be, I don't know, 50 plus times over the past 20 years of pastoring. I've, there's certain things I saw in this study that, I'm, that, I'm, that I've never seen before. Everybody say, don't give up. Come on, bump your neighbor and say, don't give up. Don't give up. And look to the other side and say, don't give, up. don't give up. All right, now say it out loud. I will not give up. Not say it like you mean it. I will not give up. This context of what we read is that at Kadesh Barnea, Moses sends a representative of every tribe into the promised land. They haven't possessed it yet, but they're going in to check it out, doing some reconnaissance, and they go in, and they're, you know, I mean, they're amazed at the fruit. You can go look at Numbers 13. You might want to find that now. We'll go there in just a moment. They're, they're blown away at how fruit, milk, and honey, and all the promises that God said, but then there's this problem, a problem for 10 of them, but not a problem for, the, for Joshua and Caleb, who we're talking about it's a problem of giants. And so they come back and the ten, the 10 spies give a bad report. And you can go read it when it happens there. Joshua and Caleb plead with them, hey, shut up. You're causing everybody to become afraid and scared. Stop it. The Lord's with us. We can do it. But the, the heart of the people melted. And, and they were judged. And they had to then wander around for 40 years in the desert. And it was a supernatural type of wandering. Their, their shoes didn't wear out. Their clothes didn't wear out. 
pillar of column of fire by night and cloud by day, and God was with them, and he fed them manna and was merciful and kind to them, but they still did not go in and possess what was going to happen. Joshua and Caleb had to wait for 40 years till all of the, the people that were afraid had to die first. And after that generation passed, they would then go in. I want to preach in your hearing about not giving up. Because the vision that God has given us corporately and that which God has given you will be fulfilled. It will come to pass by faith. Everybody say by faith. Now all of us have desires. It's one of the ways that God leads us. Delight yourself in the Lord, said the psalmist, and he will give you the desires of your heart. Not every desire is from God, as some of you well know. Some desires are wrought out of your lust, your greed, your flesh. Other desires, in fact, I would say it this way, desire born out of prayer and intimacy with God and his word, those desires are also vision, dreams. And as you delight yourself in the Lord, it's those that he brings to pass. He causes us to will and act according to his good purpose, it says in the New Testament. Well, what do you do when the dream is delayed, when things take a long time? 45 years, Caleb has to wait. Sitting around televisions right now, nursing their hangover from last night, perhaps. People shoveling slush, perhaps, or getting ready to plant their bulbs, but usually they would be in church, but they're not here today. Because they've gotten discouraged. There's many people that throw in the towel and quit. Many. Because sometimes things take a little while. And you have to, you got to get a, a backbone from the power of the Holy Ghost to take the land that God's called you to take. And if you don't learn how to do that, if you don't learn how to walk wholeheartedly, you don't have, learn how to walk in courage and strength and do what, what Caleb did, you'll never take the land. As for me and my house, I already made a decision. I'm going in. I've learned too much, know too much. I'm going to fight whatever fight. I'm going to tell you every vision will be challenged. And delay comes. I wanted to be in our building by now. I thought we'd be in quick. It seems that what could go wrong did go wrong. And then we prayed and fasted and God corrected it over and over and over. That's why I called for 24 hours, seven day a week prayer between now and Pentecost Sunday. Why? Because everything's so awesome right now. And I thought, well, let's just punch them in the throat while we're at it. They say the supply chain is limited and cost, whatever. God's on the throne. Let's go. Come on, somebody say, let's go. Every vision is going to be challenged. And there's people today that are not in church, that have quit, that have thrown in the towel. The landscape of ministry is littered with people like that. Pastors that pastored somewhere for three to five years. That's the average of most pastors. Three to five years, and they go. And they go to some other place, three to five years, and they leave. There's more people dropping out of ministry. And that's just ministry. That's, that, that's what I'm doing. But I'm telling you what, what God gives, when he gives vision to you, you're going to have to fight for it. It doesn't just happen. Every vision will be challenged. There's not one that won't. And it's the nature of the enemy. It's the nature of the war in which we now stand. So don't be surprised. And there's casualties. I said there's casualties. The story of Caleb we see right in your notes now. And uh, Numbers 13, would you turn there? 
Numbers 13 and verse 28 says, but the, the people who live there are powerful. This is the same story talking about how they went in and they saw these giants. We saw the descendants of Anak there. Those are giants. See, the story of Caleb, we see fear. It's actually more than fear. Go to Numbers 13, go down to verse 33. It's fear, but it's a distorted identity. See, if you don't know who you are, then you won't move with confidence, power, courage, if you don't know who you are. And the enemy works so hard to rob from God's people to get you to think that you're just a scrub. You should just be in the back of your house eating worms. Fear is what caused them. They, they didn't see themselves the way that the Lord wanted them to see themselves. Caleb and Joshua did, but the other spies, they come back, and it says they spread a bad report. They, they had a distorted view of God. Fear is one of the things the enemy will hit you with right before breakthrough. And if he can get you afraid and scared, then the battle's already won. The devil already beat you. The ten spies here, they come back. Fear of the ten spies robbed a whole generation from going into Canaan's land. That, that is so profound to me. It, re it reminds me of uh, Molokai. We were there, and Sister Siobhan, you probably remember, you were in high school back then. Siobhan, Siobhan was in my church back in Molokai 20 years ago, plus an on-fire high school student. Loving God. Hallelujah. And a cruise ship came. Do you remember this? A cruise ship came to Molokai. Now, Molokai uh, was one of the most impoverished places in all of the Hawaiian Islands. It's, turned around, it's turning around now, remarkably. It's a miracle. It's because there's a church there called King's Chapel. It's preaching God's word. Pastor Robert is over it. We have three or four different extensions now. The thing is exploding. They have more than 10% of the population, I think, in the church now. It's amazing. It's amazing. Back then, the, the, I mean, people, I mean, like, more people on government assistance and food stamps and all kinds of stuff, and I'm not against that. I think it's, thank God for a, a, a government that can help us. You just should have a bigger God than the food stamp. Amen. You can get up and off that thing. Can somebody say amen? amen. And so this ship was going to come, and it had hundreds and hundreds and hundreds of people. I mean, what was it, seven or eight stories tall, a big cruise ship. And they were going to let people off. Cruise ship have never, never stopped there before. They were going to get out and go to all the shops and buy all of the, all the crafts and all the food and go to the restaurants and spend all their money. Come on, cruise ships carry a lot of resources, as some Alaskans are fully aware of. So it was hard for many without cruise ships and different things in the last year. When that cruise ship came, there was 15, maybe 20 people that went out in their Boston whalers and dinghies and they screamed curses at the cruise ship. 15 people, 15. You're gonna ruin our water, you're gonna drop all the gray water, you're gonna poison our reef, you're gonna this, you're gonna that. And they had no plans of doing any of that. They screamed and yelled at, the, at, the, at this seven, eight-story vessel, massive. And they decided, the captain and the, and the crew decided not to let down the boats to let the people come into Molokai, and they drove away this vessel that would have supported and fed 
hundreds, thousands of people that would have blessed. Fifteen people. It reminds me of today. Seems whoever yells the loudest. So these ten spies spread fear. And the fear was rooted in their unbelief. Please write that down. Fear is always rooted in unbelief. See, because if you can settle it to really understand who God is, you'll never be afraid again. If you can settle to know that, that if God be for you, who can be against you? If you, could, if you can settle in your heart that God is a good God and he loves you and he's going to provide for you, he's going to meet every need, then you won't be second-guessing all the time, living in fear that something bad's going to go wrong. Fear, you, you need to drive fear out of your life if you're going to fulfill, if you're going to walk in this word. The word of the Lord for 2021 is fulfilled. If you're going to see the dream, if you're going to see the vision, if you're going to see your hope come to pass, if you're going to see it fulfilled, you got to drive fear out of your life. And that happens, fear comes because of unbelief. It was rooted in their unbelief. Distortions of God, distortions about themselves. Numbers 13, 33. We saw the giants, the descendants of Anak came from the giants. And we were like grasshoppers in our own sight. And so we were in their sight. I'm, please underline this. And if you don't have a Bible that you can underline and get another one. <laughs> Highlight it on your phone. Do whatever it takes. Numbers 13.33 has been a profound passage of Scripture, verse of Scripture for me for so long. Because I didn't see myself as the way that the Lord saw me. And, and when I corrected that, I began to see breakthrough in unprecedented measure. I'm telling you, you carry breakthrough. You're the redeemed of the Lord. You're not some dirt bag. That's the old you. The old you was a dirt bag. We all know that. The old you. But ugly. U G L Y. You ugly. You ugly. You G L Y. You ugly. You're about to get that song. Come on. But the new you, what do you mean the new me? In John 3, it says you must be born again. And when you receive Jesus, he comes to live inside your spirit. He makes you new. He makes you clean. He washes away all your sin. He takes it away. 2 Corinthians chapter 5 and verse 17, if any man or woman be in Christ, he is a new creation. So you're not the old guy. Some of you still think of yourself as the old guy and you have a list of reasons why God can't, well, you know, I failed or I, I was in prison or, oh, well, I, I'm, I, I'm a woman or I'm a man or I, I did this sin or I, did, I don't have enough money. I don't have education. I don't have, I don't have, I don't have, I don't have. Listen, those who changed the world in the New Testament, it says they were simple, ignorant fishermen. They're in Acts chapter 4. And they took note that they had been with Jesus. I'm telling you, if you will spend time with Jesus to understand what he's done by his blood and who he is and how he washed you and cleansed you and made you new, if you'll learn to renew your mind, come on, as a man thinks in his heart, so he is. We walk by faith, not by sight. So it says in that text, we seemed like grasshoppers in our own sight, and so we were in their sight. The way that they seemed, the way that they thought, the way that they thought about themselves was distorted. 
They didn't see themselves as someone who was sent by God to to drive out the giants and to drive out the Canaanites and to take the, the promised land, to dispossess them, to bring the hand of God's judgment and take the promised land. They didn't see themselves like that. They saw themselves as, well, who am I? Who am I to do anything? I'm just looking. They, I mean, seriously. That's how they did. Some of you think like that. Raise your hands to heaven and say, whoa, Jesus, help me out right now. See, if you don't know who you are, then you'll settle for anything. There's identity theft in the body of Christ. 1 Corinthians 3, I didn't share this in the first service, but I'll share it now. 1 Corinthians 3 and verse 1, And I, brethren, could not speak to you as spiritual people, but as carnal, fleshly, carnal, as to babes in Christ. I fed you with milk and not with solid food, for until now you are not able to receive it. For even now you're still not able, for you're still carnal. For where there is envy, and he's kind of defining what carnal is, where there is envy and strife and divisions among you, are you not carnal? and behaving like mere men. Would you put 1 Corinthians on the screen, please? 1 Corinthians 3 and verse uh, verse 3. I've shared this with you before, but I, I just feel anointed to give it a shove one more time. 1 Corinthians 3, 3, as soon as you can. The apostle Paul writing to the church at Corinth, he's saying, hey, you guys, you got issues. And uh, you're... you're, you're you got envy, you got strife, you're carnal. It's like, you know, most churches. You missed a great place to say amen. But it shouldn't be that way. I'm just going to tell you, if you have envy and strife and you're carnal, you will not enter into all that God has. But watch this now. There's divisions among you. Are you not carnal and behaving like mere? Everybody say mere men. My mama used to say to me when I was a little, little boy, or maybe, you know, 10, quick acting like, maybe quick acting like a child. You know, anybody ever say that? Quick acting like a baby. You ever heard that? You ever heard that? Maybe you said that to your kid. Don't act like a baby. You're a teenager. Now stop acting like a baby. Well, that's what he's saying. He's saying, you're behaving like a man. I thought we are men. No, no. You're not a mere man. You're a superman. What do you mean? When Jesus comes to take up residence on the inside of you, he takes away your, your, your old nature. He fills you full of the same spirit that raised Jesus from the dead. And, and he, he grafts you in. He makes you alive in Christ. You've got the same power that Jesus ra- ra- was raised from the dead, the power of the Holy Spirit to live on the inside of you. And he's given you his word. He's given you his name. He's given you everything you need for life and godliness. But so many of you think, of well, I just... I just don't have the education. I'm all for getting education. Some people get more educated than their own intellect. What really has to happen is you have to have an awakening of who you are, not a grasshopper. Anybody remember that kung fu movie? I smacked a pebble upon my hand. They didn't think about all the miracles that God did. Parted the Red Sea, defeated the strongest nation in the world. They didn't think about any of that. You know what I love about testimonies? Hearing what God's done in other people's lives and rehearsing them in my own life is it releases fresh faith. Like, 
like, high, like signs along a highway. It releases faith and courage. If God did it before, he can do it again. He didn't bring me out to drown me. He brought me here to take over. you got to think differently about yourself. Their unbelief was really contempt. And, and let me tell you what contempt is. Hatred is another word. Hatred. Now, let this really sting. I'll try to put some sugar up on it. But let it hurt a little bit. Why? So you change. In Numbers 14, this is crazy. Verse 11, Numbers 14, 11. Then the Lord said to Moses, how long will these people reject me? And how long will they not believe me? With all the signs which I have performed among them. That's it. I'm going to strike them with pestilence. Disinherit them. I'm going to kill them all. That's what he says. That's what he says. And you know, he says, forget these guys. Forget these chumps. I'm just going to take you because you believe. And I'm going to raise up a whole other nation because I'm sick of that. And, and, and Moses intercedes. Thank God for people that intercede. And in verse 23 of Numbers 14, not one of them will ever see the land I promised on oath to their ancestors. No one who has treated me with contempt will ever see it. Are you telling me when I don't believe God's word that I'm treating it with contempt? Yes, I am. Don't get that religious tone of voice with me. I can see it. You confront things that are contrary to God's word. Don't just settle for stuff. When you hear the word and it, and it, and it slaps your, own, your opinion, your belief system, You correct. You don't change your theology based upon your experience. You change who you are based upon the truth of God's ever unchanging. He doesn't change. In him, he, come on, there's no shadow of turning. He doesn't change. His word is sure and true. It's forever settled in heaven. So when you read something in the word that doesn't match up with what you think, you're the one that changes. You don't change the way you believe based upon your feelings, your sight. I don't feel like that. Who said that has anything to do with it? Feelings follow beliefs. So if you believe yourself to be the army of God, if you believe yourself to be a man, a woman, who's been sent by God on an assignment to fulfill his purpose and plan in the earth, if you believe that and he begins to speak to you, it doesn't matter if you're 85 years old, you can take your mountain. Think of yourself as old. I had the joy of working with Wally. Stronger than I am. He's a bull. He's a Caleb. He's a Joshua. We'd be at home like watching Days of Our Lives, drinking cases of Insure with a walker. You'd, listen, I'm not against that. I'm just saying believe for something more than that. Believe that God... <laughs> trying to get through to you don't quit don't let fear grip you God has given people dreams and visions but those dreams and visions have been delayed because you've vacillated in fear and I, I certainly have been in that place at times in my life I remember I remember the day 
we had staked out our building. I'm standing with Wally, kind of where our septic system is right there. We have our own septic system. It'll, it'll handle 7,500 people at a time. And we're off the grid. We're not on their sewer system. We have our own sewer system. And it produces water so fresh that you can drink it. But good news is you won't be, it won't be in the water fountain. Somebody say amen. <laughs> standing there, looking at this pad where the building's going to be, Years ago now. And he said, okay, do you see, do you see the corner? I said, oh, right there? He said, do you see that? I said, yeah. I said, by that so-and-so? And then he said, no, no, that's halfway. I said, the other end. And I thought, yeah, I see it, I see it, glory to God. It's exactly how we planned it. It wasn't any surprise, but when I saw it, when I saw it, I was just like, I mean, I don't think you know, I might have told you afterwards, but amen, praise God, hallelujah, thank you, Jesus. Gonna be a great revival here, amen, thank you, Jesus. Well, hey, gotta go, amen. I walk away like, what have God's name have we done? What have we done? I walked away going, oh my, oh God, this is terrifying. And then I shot, no, 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 Lord, we're building exactly what you told us to build. God, you're going to bring everything we need. I just started prophesying in my truck. Hallelujah. It's perfect. It's too small, in fact. It's too small. Hallelujah. Some of you constantly rehearse your grasshopper identity. Some of you constantly are rehearsing your view. What if it doesn't happen? What if it does? Doubt your doubts. Punch that thing in the throat. Well, nobody in my family. Who cares what your family's done before? Well, I come from a long line. Who cares about a long line or whatever? Make a new line. I said make a new line. Start different. Well, it's depression. They're just run. How about get over it? Get healed. Depression's real. Generational curses are real. Change your future. Get a vision from God. He'll change you. You've got to learn that you got to think differently. Can you say Amen. What's going to be accomplished in your life doesn't simply happen because you showed up today. You have to fight for it. It is the nature of vision. Somebody said, I wish we could do it. You don't need a wishbone, you need backbone. Backbone that comes by the power of the Holy Spirit and the word of the Lord. When God speaks to you and you know he spoke to you or you see it in scripture, you stand on that thing, and God will change times. He will change seasons. He will bend creation. He will even stop the sun in the sky. For a Joshua, for a Caleb, for someone who has a different spirit like that, you can do all things through Christ who strengthens you. Stop rehearsing your grasshopper identity. You've been redeemed. You've been washed. You've been cleansed. You're made new by the blood of Jesus. Live in your new identity and don't allow for unbelief and fear to cause you to be someone who really is in action, hatred or contempt towards God. Let's have a praise break because I'm not feeling the love. Go ahead, lift your hands. Let's have a praise break. Oh, hallelujah. Fear will keep you from fulfillment. All right, Caleb speaks to us on how we can fulfill vision. 
Look at verse 8 with me in the text that we read. Joshua 14. Let's say Joshua 14. Joshua 14, 8. I'm going to read from the New International Version here. But my fellow Israelites who went up with me made the hearts of the people melt with fear. And I want to stop to say, what, what are your actions making the hearts of the people connected to you do? Let me say that a different way. What are the, the way that you live and represent Christ, what effect is that on the hearts of the people that are connected to you? I'm also not feeling the love right now. So you can release fear or you can release faith. Which is it that you're releasing in your house? Oh, I can't do that. Can't? Show me where that is. Oh, I quit. What are you going to quit to? Where are you going? What are you going to do? My father, who was a lawyer and a Marine, taught me somewhere along the line. It got into my heart. He said, quit is a four-letter curse word. And brackens don't quit. He just told me that. Brackens don't quit. There's certain things. There were certain things that he put into me. It wasn't so much about being a bracken. Really, it's an identity that lines up with, the, with Christ. Christians, how do you quit? They might kill you, but you get up after that three days later. So what is your, what is your I, I should have it a whole separate point. What are your actions? Are you releasing fear or are you releasing faith through your actions in your family, at the, work, at the workplace? And he says, I, however, verse 8b, I, however, followed the Lord, my God, wholeheartedly. If you're not wholehearted in what God has called you to do, you can forget it. It's commitment. Some of you refuse to commit. There's been people that have all kinds of trauma because the last time they committed, somebody else dropped the ball or left them hanging there. You just need to get around the right company of people. And then even then, and then even then, you'll have people that quit. Listen, at every juncture for us here, when we move to, you know, we're going to put a church in Anchorage. Say, are you really? Yeah. We're not even done with the one we're building. I know. And so I've had people say, you can't do that. Sisu. That's bad, Stuart. Sisu, you're inside a box. God's got, listen, God is not in a, in a, in a box of, of provision. He's, he owns a cattle on a thousand hills. Really, the question is, has God told you to do it? And he's been leading us. And we haven't gone off frivolously. We haven't just, you know, gone crazy. We're, we're wading into it. Lord, is this the time? We're looking at it. We're, we're weighing things. We're praying. So and at every level of expansion of vision, apostolic vision is progressive. Write that down. Apostolic vision is progressive. All vision from God is progressive. What do you mean? You start out with one daycare, and the Lord's like, you're doing a great job. I'm going to give you two. You're like, ooh, that's a stretch. Amen. Do you want two? Yes, Lord. And then now you have two. And you're doing two, and the Lord's like, good job. Would you like three? Yes, Lord. But all the work and all the prayer, and the f- how are we going to do that? And you, you start stepping out in faith, and boom, you have three. Vision is, from God is always progressive. And at every level of vision, we have people that just can't walk with us. And it's like, this is too much. I can't handle it. Well, that's okay. You go where God leads you. Meanwhile, we're going to fulfill what God called us to do. And if it means death, so be it. We will obey God. We will not shrink back as some in the habit of doing unto destruction. We will continue to move forward. 
with wisdom and the leading of the Holy Spirit. Can you say amen? Got to be committed. If you're not committed to your marriage, you won't have a marriage for long. You're not committed to, not committed to the military. You'll have dishonorable discharge. You've heard me say you're not committed to your studies. You won't be a very good student. You got to be committed to a church. You got to be committed to a vision. Can you say amen? He was a man of conviction. Look at verse 7. He was a man of conviction. Conviction. He had set firm beliefs that would not be changed according to how he understood what God said to him. I'm, I have a, I'm a man of conviction. If you go to lunch with me, we go to a restaurant. They're always, I can't figure out at local restaurants. They're still handing me the wine list. For 15 years, I've been pulling the wine list out and putting it at another table or somewhere else. Why? Because I don't drink wine like that. I drink the new wine. Would you like it? It's, it's happy hour. It's always happy hour. Would you like it? Yes, I'd like water with lemon. I mean, give me a break. I don't drink, I don't drink alcohol, so I don't even think about it. It's like instantly, boom, it's, it's off. And I, that's just for me. I'm a man of conviction. There's certain things I do not do. I have, I'm, I have set beliefs that will not change. I'm not riding with a single woman in my car by myself ever. Read my white lips. I will never, you, you won't ever hear that about me. Why? I, because I don't do that. In elevators, if I'm in an elevator and somebody goes to get on and it's a single woman or someone who's making eyes at me, I'm stepping off. So the, the elevator opens, floor two. I just, just happened. They get on, they're like, hey. I'm like, bye-bye. Why? Because I'm a man of conviction. Kayla was a man of conviction. Look at, look at C. He stood on God's promises, verse 9 and 10 and 12. He stood on God's promises to him. Verse 9, NIV. So on that day Moses swore to me, this land, the feet where you've walked, will be your inheritance. And he's telling Joshua, Moses told me, it's the word of the Lord, see that mountain is mine, because God said so. He stood on God's promises. He was courageous. We're talking about how to not quit and to move forward and not be delayed. Not be delayed. Now you do all of these things and there's a pause or a delay, then you just have to trust God's timing. You know, we all want it now. You know, our building project, and maybe I need to apologize to some of you, uh, to Wally, maybe I wasn't ready. Listen, you, if, you're, if you're pregnant, you better not have that child right now if you just found out. You just got the little stick back and you're three weeks in. How many of you know a three-week-old baby needs to stay in the oven a little longer? So could it be? Could it be that, that I wasn't ready? Could it be that you weren't ready? Could it be as a congregation, we weren't ready to move in three years ago, but I'm going to tell you something. When we get there, we'll be ready to move in there. And I'm telling you, God is doing something amazing. And, it, and it, could it be because of fear? Could it be, I don't know. You know, you can analyze everything. I don't know. Just love God. Repent when he shows you stuff you need to repent of and move forward. I just know that my, where my faith is at now is not where it was six years ago. It's grown. Our bill paid off three to five years. Can you say Amen. I'm almost done. He was courageous. I've never seen this in Scripture before. This final verse, verse 15. Worship team, please. Hebron used to be called Kariath Arabah. After Arabah, who was the greatest man 
among the Anakites. Wow. Standing on the promises with firm resolve, immovable resolve. The biggest giant, that's what this is saying, the biggest giant was assigned to Caleb's mountain. Hebron would be the place that David would become coronated and serve as king over Judah for seven years. Hebron is a very significant place in Scripture. And one giant, the biggest, meanest, ugliest one of them all, was Caleb, the 85-year-old warrior, was going to go and take it. Courage. Courage. Take courage. Move forward in what God told you to do. Move forward in the dream and the plan of God. Take courage. Partner with people that are full of courage. I'm not one given to fear. It's just not really in my nature. I don't, I don't know why, but it was the way I was raised, maybe. I mean, I don't know. I'm just, I'm not into being afraid. I don't like it. I don't like it, and it's not an emotion that I experience too frequently. But you can get around people that have fear and unbelief, and it can get on you. And I will tell you, some of you might be partnered with people that are filled with fear and unbelief. So what, well, I love them. They're my family. Okay, love them. But, but be certain to guard your heart and to be built up in faith so you're, you're impacting them. They're not infecting you. Do you understand what I'm saying? Mindy Lape, who discipled my wife for a period of time many, many years ago, she, she would, I mean, she was very strong with Karen. And I'm glad because I have the kind of wife I have now because of the choices Pastor Karen made, but also because of the discipleship she received. She went through this thing called the University of the Word. And Mindy Lape would say to, to Karen, ah, that's not the Word. Don't let that come out of your mouth. Ah, stop that. That's not God's Word. You know what God's Word says about that. And Karen would say something that didn't make any sense and she'd get corrected. Stop that. So then Karen learned, don't let stuff come out of your mouth, grasshopper. I was on a hike in Maui, Hawaii, and they have these things called punawais. It's um, irrigation ditches that bring water from the rainforest to the arid side and water all of the fields. And it was amazing feat of engineering. Chinese workers engineered it. It's, it's, it's amazing. It goes through mountains. It does all kinds of stuff. And on one of these hikes, there was this large, I wouldn't call it a mountain. It's not like Pioneer Peak or anything, but it was a big hill. And you could see the water coming out of this hand-dug, hand-hewn tunnel. And, and it was, you looked down at it, and it was pitch black. And if you walked... I don't know, a thousand yards, you could see where the water went in. I walked that and looked at it in my 20s, walked a thousand yards. Maybe it wasn't that long, but it was long. And I took a stick and I threw it in on that side as the water went in and it went all the way a thousand yards and I waited and I waited and I waited and I waited and the stick came out. I'm like, we can do it. Let's go home. Like, what do you mean we can do it? Let's go through it. Let's. And so we went and got a boogie board. How many of you know what that is? Got like a little belly board, a little floater thing. We had one of those. 
And I said, I'm gonna go through, I'm gonna go to the other side. And this kid who was about 17 says to me, I'm gonna come. I'm like, no, you better not. You know, I was like, I don't know, 23, two. He said, no, I wanna come. I said, okay, it might be a little intense. He's like, yeah, let's go. So we got on this boogie board and we floated. Okay, so we're floating and we're floating. And I keep looking back and the hole where we went in, you know, there's light. And then soon the light disappears. It's a little creepy. Cobwebs hitting her face and stuff. And this kid says to me, he says, I don't think it's gonna come out the other side. I said, it is. He says, no, I don't think it's gonna come out the other side. Now, some of these, they go into a mountain and come out like a pipe. And I said, no, 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 it is. I said, I, said, no, I, I don't think, I said, it is. And we keep going, floating. He goes, we're not gonna come out the other side. I said, stop it, stop. And we float a little longer. He's like, we're not gonna come out the other side. We're gonna come out of a pipe. I said, stop, you know, we're gonna die. Okay, can I tell you what happened? All of my courage, like my heart melted because of the bad report of one of the 10 spies. Literally, I stood up in the tunnel because he would, he lost, he like had a total break with reality. And I grabbed him by his little shirt and just slapped him. Shut up, shut up, because I was yielding to fear. And I'm gonna tell you, when you get that kind of crippling fear, you like have a heart attack or something, I'm talking bad. And finally he's quiet, I said, we're coming out the other side, now not one more word. We floated and I'm thinking, we're floating, we're floating. Finally, I saw a little pinhole of light. I thought, see, I told you. And we came out the other side. He had this hand mark across his face. Like, you gotta have courage, you have to have backbone. And if you feel afraid, check yourself, look at the word, make sure you're at the right place at the right time. Make sure you're continuing to obey God. If you've gotten out, out of sorts, you've gotten off track, Take your little feet, get right back on track, get your marching orders straight, check yourself before you wreck yourself and get back in the game. And if you feel afraid, curse that thing, rebuke that thing, move forward in faith because otherwise you will never see it come to pass. The vision will come to pass, it will be fulfilled. Come on, somebody say it will be fulfilled. You stand on those promises unmovable. You take the sword of the word and you cut the head off of everything that gets in the way. It's kind of violent. It's definitely violent. Boy, that's kind of intense. He had a different spirit. I believe that God has raised this church up. I believe that God has raised us up to be a people that have a different spirit. Sickness, you gotta go. Disease, you gotta go. Power of God's flowing. Mm -hmm. Yeah, got a different spirit. Got a different spirit. I'm not gonna yield to fear. No, no. Not gonna yield to fear. Gonna move forward with courage and strength. For if God be with me, if God be with me, I can do all things through Christ who strengthens me. If God be for me, who can be against me? I'm the head and not the tail. I'm the lender not to borrow, oh, I'm not gonna yield to fear. Gonna take the land, gonna see it fulfilled in Jesus' name. I've got a different spirit. I'm not gonna cave in, I'm not gonna quit. 
Get rid of a grasshopper identity. Be wholehearted. Serve God. Commit. I will never apologize for pushing you to tithe. I will never apologize for pushing you to pray. I will never apologize for leaning on you and challenging you. You don't want that? Go somewhere else. And I'll tell you why I won't apologize for it. Because I know the blessing of God will be released on your life that no other way can. It doesn't happen any other way. You've got to fight for what's yours. Come on, you've got to fight for and contend for the promises of God. And it's not always comfortable. You think it was comfortable for Abraham to wander around in the desert for 22 years before he had Isaac? Yeah, we all read through that in a couple chapters. Woo! And then laughter. Wee! That's not the way that was. Everywhere he went, he made an altar. Everywhere he went, he brought his fear to God. Everywhere he went, God confirmed covenant more than the stars of the sky will be your children. I gotta close for all of you studious note takers. B, the next generation became part of the vision. Say, so what do you mean by that? Here you can be seated. Can I just have three or four minutes? I'll be done. When he embraced God's vision, God blessed him personally. He got Hebron, Caleb did. And the next generation, and I'm overwhelmed by this because I've lived long enough by the grace of God, served by the grace of God long enough to see a generation, another generation coming, rising up. Became part of the vision. This is so profound. I've also never seen this before. When you read the book of Judges, Caleb's, listen to this, Caleb's son-in-law, Othniel, you know who he is? He is the first judge in all of Israel. You think that's by accident? Oh no, it is not. God was rewarding Caleb for his faithfulness and blessing his children. Now I prophesy to you, if you will be faithful and filled with courage and get rid of your grasshopper identity, I prophesy to you if you'll serve the Lord wholeheartedly and you'll commit with your time, your talent, your treasure and do what God called you to do, I prophesy to you that not only will you get your Hebron, but God will bless your family and bless your children and should the Lord tarry your children's children and he will overwhelm you with the good things and people will even read about your life. It says that there was peace, the land rested from war. Don't give up on your personal vision and conclusion. Don't give up. Wally, you will travel again. You will preach, you will prophesy, you will travel. 
You're a young man. I've been with old men, and we bless them, grateful for them. That's not you. Being young and old has nothing to do with age. Full of fire, full of zeal, full of passion. Going to see the kingdom of God. Going to see those miracles. Going to see limbs grow back. Going to see the fire of the Holy Spirit. Hurry up, we're going to finish this thing. We're going to move on to other things. We're going to build leaders. Might be your last building. We're going to build leaders. We're going to plant churches. We're going to do missions trips. We're going to have revival. Commit to the vision of this house. Why? Because I know what it will do for you. God is looking for people like Caleb, looking for people like Joshua. And I do believe he has found some. Can you say amen? All across this place, every head bowed, every eye closed. If you've never received Jesus as your Lord and Savior, that's the first start. The first thing you need to do is receive Christ. So if you've never done that, won't you do it today? Online, on all of our platforms here in the sanctuary. You say, that's me. I want to receive Jesus. I want to repent of my sin. I want to receive him as my Lord and Savior. I believe that he died on a cross and he rose again from the grave for me. You must be born again. You want to be made a new creation in Christ. You don't want to be a grasshopper anymore. You want to change. You want to trade in your sin for God's righteousness all across this place. You say, that's me. Praise God. Pray this prayer right out loud. Say, dear Heavenly Father, thank you for sending your son, Jesus to die in my place, to rise again from the grave for me. Forgive me of all of my sin and come into my life. Be my Lord. Be my Savior. Wash me. Cleanse me and make me new. Thank you for loving me. Thank you for hearing me. Thank you for joining today's podcast. If God is impacting your life through this ministry, you can partner with us and give at kcalaska.com. Also, Don't forget to subscribe to our channel and enjoy more messages like this one.